0: Hello listeners, I
1: am excited to welcome you to this podcast today. I took shape in 2021 as one of the voices on Murph Studio and have been helping artists across the world create engaging and fun content with my voice. Today we are excited to speak to you more about MRF.
0: Hello everyone, I'm Purvi, an early stage SaaS investor at Elevation Capital. And after this excellent demonstration, it's very easy to understand what Murf is. Murph is an AI-enabled online voiceover studio, which allows users to generate and edit voiceovers and sync them with visuals in a simple and inexpensive way. Whether it is creating a new product explainer video or creating a podcast, you can choose from 120 plus Murph voices to serve a variety of use cases. And without further ado, I'd like to welcome Sneha, co-founder of Murph.ai, Sneha, I couldn't be more excited to be doing my first day one podcast with you and talking about Morph.
1: Hi, hello, everyone. And firstly, thanks, Purvi, for inviting me to this podcast. It has really been a pleasure working with you and the entire Elevation team over the course of last year. Look forward to the chat.
0: Awesome. So Sneha, you know, let's get started. Let's go back to when Morph started. I think the biggest question that I wanted to answer today was that what motivated you to start Morph? Why this problem? What were the gaps in the industry that you were seeing?
1: So the idea behind Murph really, you know, came from creating explainer videos for products. Uh, You've, of course, you know, led and created products in the past. So you'd relate to this well. And I think anybody who has created, Product demos would remember, you know, this thing that you would record a screen and probably do a freestyle record of your voiceover with it. And a huge likelihood is that ultimately the video is going to be such that it's not professional enough to, you know, put it out there. So that's where the genesis of the idea really came from and was our like first beta product. Also having, you know, spent some years in marketing, I have uh, first had seen, you know, some of the pain when we used to record video ads, radio ads, and we missed out on a few words or there's a city that has been added and, you know, we'd have to do the whole process all over again. So the entire workflow was of multimedia content was always very complicated. Audio is also one of those things that like, I would bet that any company you go to audio is an outsource sort of a team, right? So there's very little capability available. That was one part of it. Also apart from that, you know, in around that twenty seventeen eighteen time, a lot changed in the space. And when I heard some of the you know recent voice capabilities that you know our AI models have now today, it was really exciting to see how this could evolve and simplify the audio use cases. Yeah, I guess that these two sort of like came together. I guess yeah, and we were yeah you know born in the pandemic, so a lot
0: of content was getting created remotely as well. So that's how we got started. I guess. Absolutely. Sneha, I also wanted to share a little bit about what got us to invest in Murph at a very early stage. I think one of the spikes for us was the founding team itself. We've seen you all grow very closely and the execution shops are off the chart. And this is also very evident in how fast you've been able to scale up. I think the second highlight personally for me was the space itself. If you look at the last decade or so, there has been a dramatic shift in the way we consume content. As customers, we demand fresh and personalized content at every interaction, every channel, every stage of the buying journey. And in my opinion, that demand for content is testing the limits of what humans can produce. And that's where we saw more fitting perfectly with its realistic synthetic voice creation and giving the ability to businesses, individuals to scale up their content creation at a very fast pace and a much lower cost. But Sneha, I think the bigger question that I have today is that you know, text to speech has existed for a while. I myself worked at Alexa during my Amazon time. So I understand how technology has evolved over the years. But I want to understand very specifically that what were the tailwinds you saw that generated excitement for building in this space? How do you see this space evolving now?
1: I think, like, needless to say that text to speech has, of course, existed for, like you rightly said, you know, uh, several decades now. And I think uh, in the last decade, I would certainly say that synthetic media overall, not just audio, started seeing some real breakthroughs. Like in like, I mean, very recent context, we've all heard about the Dali movement, right, which really, you know, did something for image generation. And when we think about, you know, the entire, like, journey of the text-to-speech tech stack itself, I think, like, earlier, of course, like, there was the concatenative format, there were HMM models, etc., that was being used. And what that led to, in a very simple words, in terms of the content creator, was that it would be used in a lot of use cases, but those were mostly neutral, less demanding use cases. We saw a lot of, of course, you know, text-to-speech already being used in IVRs, a lot of automated workflows, uh, maybe chatbots, things like that. But what really happened in the last, I would say, four to five, years is that the realism has started being very comparable to human voices and that led to you know these voices being actually used by creators for new use cases like we see a lot of like as mentioning product demos explainer videos ads being created on our platform now lnd e learning almost you know everybody is using this because of you know diversity realism everything has come in now and uh, even entertainment you know one of the most demanding of use cases we have started seeing some little bit of adoption there as well so, yeah, I guess, you know, in that time, we saw text to speech as a category, of course, and the voiceover category as well, really like expanding and this like coming together, I guess,
0: which uh, yeah, convinced us that this will be really, really big, I think, in the future. I think Sneha, you did answer, you know, the next question that I had in my mind. I think, you know, what I wanted to understand was that for our listeners, it might also benefit by knowing in greater detail about how to use Murph You mentioned that, you know, people are using us for product explainer videos, for LND use cases, but what happens? How do you do that? If you can just walk down a little bit about, you know, what is it that you need to have once you start using MoF? How do you export things out of it? What are the different use cases and interesting stuff that you can create with
1: So Morph is uh, pretty self-serve, very, very simple onboarding. You can just come with a script or you could just, you know, start typing in. Sometimes I just, you know, go to Morph and start writing ideas down if you yourself are the writer, of course. And yeah, you could just import a script if you already have one directly comes to the studio. The workflow to creating a voice is literally just three steps. You select a voice. There are some samples you can play out and see which one works for you. It's sorted by use case, etc. So yeah, try out your script with a few voices, see what works out, Sometimes it does need a few tweaks, some tweaks that I've found very useful are pauses, human voice has, you know, speed variations, pauses, these things, these capabilities, of course, exist. And at the same time, we have something called like pronunciation tweaks as well in the studio There's an auto suggest feature, if you don't like the pronunciation of a word, if you feel like, you know, this name needs to be pronounced in a different way, that's always possible, you could just double click and you know, change the pronunciation. Once that's done, you could add music, add media, get your entire thing in, create your final video. Or if you have like slides, you could add those in, all of them put together. Video. I mean, export formats, we support pretty much like everything in script, audio, video. We have, you know, 64 formats we support. Even things like SRT, if you're like particular about timestamps, can be imported, exported as is. So yeah, I mean, bring in a script and whatever media you have. We also provide like music, licensed music within the studio itself. So Even if you don't have music, that's all right. We're integrating some stock image video as well for, you know, quick reference of users who want to just come in with a script and get everything else within Murph, yeah, to create the uh, final output in terms of you know to a second question more interesting use cases i think a couple of them i'd certainly like to share which are these are of course more core use cases that i shared in the last question some interesting ones that we've seen is you know there's a lot of like work happening in entertainment around using ai art itself and we've been fortunate to find some you know headway there somebody's creating a film which is just created by ai art models ai voices ai videos and yeah we happen to be the sort of voice partner there that's been an interesting one we have another customer who's like an animation agency they've created like a whole series of you know characters using like different voices from Murph mix and match very very you know interesting sort of I would say thing and we've also seen you know creators really take to the edge of what it's like possible we've seen someone create like a rap video using Murph I didn't even know myself that that was like possible but somebody like yeah just used the studio to do that so yeah I think sometimes you know creators do have
0: their own magic that they bring to the platform this is awesome as you rightly mentioned, I think there are very interesting use cases that are coming up. Obviously, we have built a great product and especially with the 2.0 release, it looks super easy to use. You know, it's fantastic when you edit stuff there. But I would also love to understand about your GTM strategy. So because, you know, from the outside, the presumer GTM looks super easy, but it is not straightforward. What is it that you've learned about your customers in the last one to two years that was not obvious when you had just started?
1: So our GTM, like you rightly said, has been, you know, fairly PLG led from the start. We try and, you know, handhold the customer more in an automated fashion. It's a self-serve sort of an onboarding process where they sort of sign in, get a free trial that gets activated pretty much on its own. We create a lot of content. In fact, started creating content from Murph even before the beta release had happened. And we even till date in Murph, we hold that as like religion. We have to, you know, put out good content out there for relevant customers, things that they find useful. You know, once they sort of try out the free trial, if they like the voices, they like the product, they kind of like onboard, you know, to a paid plan. We have different kinds of paid plans, you know, suited to needs of, you know, small all the way. Like our customers like vary a lot. We have whole diversity, you know, of small teams, three to five teams, to also like very large companies buying us. So sort of like the plans could be suited to to, you know, whoever is buying it. And in terms of like learnings, I think the single biggest sort of thing that I have discovered is like breakdown of use cases itself, right? So when we got started off, we had envisioned more for like one kind of use case, which was like product demos, right? And then customers started coming in trying to use the studio for newer use cases. In fact, ads as a strategy also evolved for us, because customers were like really trying to create, you know, ads using more studio. And back then, like a year ago, we did not have enough voices that would like cater to that segment we're still building more and more of course on that but I think really the depth of use cases that we have been able to you know discover and build towards constantly has been I think for us our our biggest learning and especially with PLG I think More and more, we are going to go, you know, deeper into that solving for every step where, you know, customer is struggling and try and see if we could maybe add that little one little feature that is getting them stuck in their workflow. Right. So, yeah, I think for us, that's sort of been the, I would say, biggest source of learning.
0: Awesome. So Seiya, now that we've had a great initial ramp up, the PMF is sort of there. How do you think about the next phase of growth? What is it that you're focusing on today, both in terms of product expansion, as well as change in GTM strategy? I know we've had a lot of discussion, but would love for us to sort of, you know, lay it down about how do you move from the first two, three years going for the PLG motion? What do the next two, three years now look forward?
1: So I think going forward for us, of course, you know, the Merv studio as it is for content creators is going to stay and there is going to be a PLG motion around it, which we're going to double down on, I would say, and make it more specific to use cases. So, so far we've been, I would say, discovering use cases and trying to build for them. Now that we have discovered some use cases, we are trying to get into more detail and really solve from, you know, for those more from an end-to-end workflow perspective. So that's one thing that is, you know, continue going to be there. We've also discovered some opportunities for, you know, partnership with very large enterprises. So that's one part of our business that has come up this year, has been growing phenomenally well this year. And for that, I think the GTM that we are looking at is slightly different. We are looking at a more sort of assisted, you know, sales motion there, trying to see how the custom needs of some of those customers can be taken care of by our team and build a more robust process around it. And I think the third piece I would talk about is just integrations into customer workflows. We're also trying to see for each of the use cases that I spoke about, what are some tools or what are some you know simple integrations that we can like really create and like really simplify the journey of the user from you know like i said from a script or maybe not even a script to all the way to the final output so trying to really like minimize their hops and keep things synced i think one of the good things about synthetic media overall is actually editing for the long term and this is across use cases and integrations have a lot of power to really bring that together that you've created something and now Tomorrow, it needs an edit or it just needs a minor tweak. And once we have that end-to-end, it's going to be super simple for users to really discover us anywhere or keep the content stored and edit it at, at a future point in time as well.
0: Makes a lot of sense. I think there are some very exciting stuff coming out for Of then. Sneha, I know that you mentioned you know, in the last few comments that there has been a huge shift in the content landscape itself right and you know that presents a huge opportunity for the rise of synthetic media talking broadly about the space we are touching on one area of synthetic media which is audio i would love to understand what do you think about the other spaces whether it be ai video creation ai text generation or synthetic image generation how do you think about the entire content creator stack evolving do you see yourself entering into one of these spaces I think as of today,
1: I would say that we still have a lot of ideas on how we could be better at audio and there's, like we said all of these spaces, a lot of exciting stuff happening that's, you know, no denying. Some of these are a little more advanced I would say some of these are a little more nascent so if we had to talk about, let's say text, like a GPT-3 sort of thing that's already out there, image I think these are spaces that, you know, already some really exciting stuff is has happened it's a bit more mature in the journey and finding like applications of those is what's happening in the space right now. Audio video are still I would say in places where video is certainly really in its nascency and there's a lot that could happen once you know that's cracked. and same goes for audio so I think in the, over the next like I'd say 6 to 12 months we're certainly going to be focused around creating you know more maneuverability for our customers more options more diversity in our voices but yeah beyond that in the future we could certainly look at some allied spaces which our customers could benefit from I think the way we are always going to think about is going to be how to really like I said simplify the entire journey and we do have a diverse set of use cases that we're catering to benefit of that is that a lot of them could augment very easily with some of these products that we may enter into the future so yeah some aspects of maybe not fully
0: generative but yeah some aspects of video is something that we could certainly get into in the future makes a lot of sense say another thing and I know again that we've had discussions around this as well but one of the things that most of the SaaS founders sort of you know, at some point have to think about or struggle with at some point or the other is that whether to go horizontal or vertical, right? You know, it helps them in prioritizing their product, prioritizing their GTM or thinking about it in a broader sense. How do we think about this vertical and horizontal question for us? And you know, just in the synthetic media phase itself, So you know,
1: synthetic media, like I rightly said, is in itself a market that's new and evolving. So keeping ahead of the curve, like really like being at the really best quality product, best quality, you know, research is in itself sort of a challenge that everybody will like sort of want to be on top of. And within that, the way we at least think of it is that audio in itself is a vertical, right? where there's a lot of deep competency that can be built, where there's a lot of value that can be generated by. And the reason I say this is not, it's not to trivialize like use cases, of course, our use cases do vary. And we do have to build, you know, voices which are very specific to use cases. That is true, even for, you know, what we do today. But we do see a lot of synergy across use cases, at least as of now, it's not as if something completely new will have to be built for the next use case. So we started off with, like I said, a couple of them and customers started using it for stuff that we didn't imagine, right. And that led us, you know, to more use cases being adopted on the platform. So I would say the the way we're thinking about it is that the stack in itself could be horizontal, but the solutioning certainly, you know, we try and do as deep as possible on the use cases. But yeah, certainly innovation and research will happen
0: more at a horizontal level. And Sneha, just, you know, something that I would love to ask you is, that, you know, do we think ourselves as a product company or, you know, a GTM, you know, essentially that our strongest suit is GTM or research. You know, every every founder, every team has something that they feel the most confident about. What is it that we feel most confident about today? I think we certainly have been, you know, very,
1: very product led from the start. We certainly feel that we can innovate faster than most other companies we've seen we have been really able to you know just the pace of experiments that we run within the team and you know a fantastic team behind this of course this is not a one or two person job so kudos to them for making this happen but i think we certainly feel confident that quality of products that we will deliver in the future will certainly be of we'll be able to beat global competition with just the quality of products that we build of course research is more i would say in my mind a means to an end for the product to really deliver but yeah i think that certainly is a strong suit for us as of now gtm i would say is essential i mean whether or not we like it we got to grow and we are very aggressive in that sense like growing fast moving fast and i think one thing we've learned is that faster we experiment faster we launch products faster we fail we realize some things work some things don't but the things that work They really scale. So, we really, you know, from day one, like our first product was something that, yeah, I mean, it was like three features and a terrible UX. So, I mean, we still made money in the first month. So, yeah, I mean, it has just evolved over time, I guess.
0: But yeah, I think quality has certainly been at the core of what we want to do. Correct. I think I personally feel that, yeah, you guys are one of the teams which actually is very full-fledged and, you know, covers the entire spectrum from whether it's research, GTM or tech or products. So definitely you all have come a long way. And congratulations to you on the Series A fundraise as well. I think it's a testament to all the hard work you all are putting in. I am personally very curious to know more about how you were thinking about choosing your investment partners, both at the seed stage and now at a Series A stage. What is it that you are looking for? So I think,
1: Purvi, last year when we were, you know, in our seed stage, we were pretty much in our infancy, like I said, Pad UX product with just few features out there. We were really building right at that point in time. And I think we were really fortunate to sort of have, you know, found elevation in our journey very early. Primarily, I think. Three things that mattered a lot to us back then is first is like this vision that this will actually become something big way we were sort of seeing the synthetic media space evolve. And, you know, in late 2020 or early 2021, it was not where it is today, right? So it was still a leap of faith. I'm quite grateful, you know, to the Elevation team for supporting us One, The second part of it is belief in the founding team itself that we would be actually able to, you know, execute on this vision. And third most important one was this, you know, freedom to really experiment and see what out because the space was nascent, but we were speaking to people, we did realize that, you know, we did not have all the answers on day one, we were still trying to figure out it was not one of those markets where, you know, they have been so many players in the past that you could just build a variation of that and the market would not be a question in itself but i think that belief and that collaborative sort of approach that all of you had really got us to where we are today and um, as we you know sort of this year as well we were looking for the series a sort of funding and we were again looking for, I think, some of those attributes in our investment partners and with Matrix as well. We were quite sort of we really appreciate their super founder first attitude and, you know, the collaboration that they sort of bring. And I think also like their global exposure to having seen similar businesses at that scale up journey. I think at that way has been absolutely phenomenal and been absolutely fantastic, I would say, working
0: with both teams, of course, you know, in the journey. I think the pleasure has always been our Sneha. It's amazing to see how all of you have grown and how the business is taking shape. I think we are at the end of the time, but Sneha, thank you so much for spending time with us on this podcast. I personally enjoyed this conversation a lot and thanks for sharing Murph's journey with our listeners. I personally believe that Murph is at an exciting point in the growing trend of synthetic media and I wish you all the best for the next phase of growth. Thank you so much.
1: Thanks, Purvi, once again for, one, again, inviting me to this podcast and really enjoyed this conversation and also for choosing to partner with us on this journey. Really, really appreciate that.
0: Awesome. Thank Thank you, Sneka. Thank you.